What is up, everybody? My name is Alan, and I am your host for the soon-to-be-named. Hopefully, we're gonna we're still kind of figuring out a name for us. But like I said, my name is Alan. Just a normal guy here with my big friend named Tyson Quiller. Hey, what's up, guys? So, like I said, we're just two uh, diehard college sports fans that love talking about sports, mainly in the college aspect of things. Um, and we decided to make a podcast So because we not only are tired of people kind of missing the narrative a little bit, but we're also tired of people just having real, in my opinion, no real knowledge of the sport that are talking about the sport that need to be hitting some certain topics, especially like news of the day, recruiting, teams that really are just not getting too much love um, in the sense of this college football overall as an aspect, man. So um, we all know just watching sports, uh, you know, on, on the big networks and even podcasts. So there's always sort of an overarching theme and every show you watch, it's, it's the same topic and, and, you know, they act like it's from a different angle, but really, I mean, it's just a very, very exactly. slight alteration, <laughs> you know, and, and the only time you hear something different is when it's some big bombastic personality that's just trying to be, make a big name for themselves exactly. or whatever. Like exactly. our intention here is, you know, we, we are the college football and basketball sports fans that just that just talk about this stuff all the time. We just can't yep. stop. <laughs> and so, you know, we cracked a couple beers here, and, and we thought we'd uh, share our thoughts with you and uh, find out what you think. Exactly. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Like I said, um, this is our first episode, the pilot episode, if you will. So, we'll do our best to give us a little uh, – give you guys a little, um, you know, work with us. So like I said, we're just two, two diehard fans. Decided to make a podcast. We're not pros. We're not anything other than just fans. Um, and we just want to do this as a hobby and, and be able to voice our opinion on certain things that, like I said, aren't getting enough love. So without that or without further ado, we'll do intros. Like I said, my name is Alan. Um, sitting across side from me is Tyson. A uh, little bit of background about me is I did play college football at a pretty high level. I was lucky enough to get that for about two years. Um, and then from there – just been working odd jobs here and there. Sports still stays in the blood. Um, can't talk about football, my love for football enough. Uh, and and that's really it. So I'll pass the mic over. Yeah, and I, I'm Tyson. Um, yeah, I uh, diehard uh, University of Colorado Buffaloes fan. Uh, Alan, uh, Alan's <laughs> our resident George Bulldogs. Go dogs, fan. baby! So we got a we got a whole lot of uh, of Alan. Holding the SEC superiority <laughs> over my lowly Pac-12 uh, conference, okay. you know, uh, okay. we, we really showed our stripes last year when uh, most of us decided to play like what five games the whole season. So <laughs> that was uh, at least was you got to play. Pretty humiliating and embarrassing. Oh no, yeah, yeah we're we're very to. we're very grateful for um, uh, uh, those players and, and coaches uh, that are not in the Pac-12 who basically forced our hand. Um, you know, and, and made us made us play some football. <laughs> exactly. If yeah. we had our drillers, we'd be oh picking God. flowers and doing whatever. Yeah, we, we can talk about that later. Just how miss, in my opinion, mishandled the Pac-12 really missed the bus. I mean, other conferences were jumping on it, mm-hmm. um, rightfully so. Even the players, it came. It, I think it really came down to the players. They were they were like, you know what, we want to play. Let us play. Oh, just if you ask me. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence saved the Pac-12 season. That's it. That's it. And they weren't. They're not even. And, and yes, we know Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields aren't in the in, in the Pac-12 conference. Okay, so <laughs> that's why us, they were able to save the Pac-12. Give conference. us a little bit of credit, okay? I, I also understand. So, 
yeah, getting into it. We talked about COVID. COVID sucks. COVID-19 is terrible. Um, but we will have a full season. A lot mm-hmm. of conferences are going to be in the pack, uh, not the Pac-12, but a lot of conferences are going to be at full capacity, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. It gives that money back. It gives that lifeblood back to that college. Certain schools, like, for example, Cincinnati, UCF, football is the lifeblood now of some of those colleges. Mm-hmm. So I'm just – I'm excited. I can't stop smiling, man. Let's get right into it. So – with the news the last couple of weeks, and we doing this on uh, 7-15 of 2021, we obviously know that there's probably, you know, we're going to do, our goal is to do a podcast once a week. Um, we're going to talk about, if there's a big news story that hits, we're going to hit it. Um, but we're not going to do it the way the national media does, right? We're not going to be around the horn. We're not going to be Danny Cannell. We're not going to be um, some of those diehard dudes that only kind of phone it in in that sense of like okay let's talk about this today and then we're going to beat it into the horror or into the ground mm-hmm. nine months you know later no 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 we're going to hit it we're going to give our opinions on it we're going to move the fuck on mm-hmm. okay so having said that nil huge news image likeness ability some people are saying it needs to go away already even though it had and a lot of players are starting to do it there's been already some signings um most notable spencer rattler making his own trademark uh what are you thinking man do you are you for it do you like this is it good for the sport uh well you know i sort i sort of thought i would just sort of kick it off with just a quick little background this has kind of been uh for those of you who've been following just uh kind of a developing situation uh and for the better part of i don't know year year and a half what you would say alan uh the NCAA has basically just been bent over a barrel, and uh, they have had, you know, they've been scrambling trying to figure out what to do. It was, uh, it was September of 2019 when California pulled the trigger on this whole deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, their state legislation banned the NCAA sanctions on uh, endorsement of California athletes effective 2023. Wow. Several states, including Florida, thereafter uh, passed similar legislation, um, and it, it just sort of became the Wild West. You know, that you had teams all over the country athletic departments all over the country going, you know, well, we're going to be at a recruiting disadvantage if, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. if, if, if we are uh, a perennial, even if we're a perennial power, right? Say we're Ohio state and we're recruiting against USC. Well, if the players can go to USC and make money off of their image and likeness, but they can't in Ohio. I mean, you know where I'm going. Yeah. You might see a tectonic (laughs) shift in in the, in the dynamics of those, those two teams. And so uh, obviously most recently uh, just last month, the Supreme court ruled, Unanimously, nine to zero, mm-hmm. uh, that the NCAA restrictions on uh, quote education-related benefits, which is the exact you know muckety jargon bullcrap that the NCAA you know legal jargon that they try and bog these students down in. Yeah. Uh, they they ruled that it violated antitrust laws. You okay. know, and so uh, yeah, like you said, I mean the number of athletes and not just I mean in football, Dear King, Buddha Brown or Buddha Bolden, Bo Nix. Like you said, Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. Also in basketball, um, uh, Will Ulmer, Marshall, uh, Jared Butler from Baylor. You might yeah. remember from the yeah, yeah. national champions. Uh, Jordan Bohannon, Iowa. Buddy okay. Behine at Syracuse. These guys are all, you know, finally getting the opportunity uh, to take advantage of, uh, you know, of, of making money and, and not just being beholden to whatever stipend the NCAA rules down from on high. Absolutely. So, and and I, I don't – so going back to the, the – I think is this good for the sport? In my opinion, I think it is because these kids – a lot of people got to understand. 
the Trevor Lawrence's of the world, Justin Fields of the world, Spencer Rattler's of the world. There's only so many, right? There's only seven rounds in the NFL draft. There's only what? Two rounds in the NBA draft, right? So two that matter for sure. Two, two, well, really, one really matters. one out of really, it's the first ten. You know what I mean? And after yeah. that, it might as well be you might as well be a fifth round pick. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, this gives those players a chance to make their own path, right, outside of college, in my opinion. So it's like, if you have, say, if you're me, for example, going back to 2006 when I got when I got recruited. Um, ASU was on knocking on the door. All right, if ASU were to tell me, "Hey, man, we have we also have an ability in the Pac-12, right?" And I, I know ASU is under some sanctions right now, probably potentially. It's not really a good team to bring up, but I only bring them up because 2006 they had a pretty solid squad, right? Mm-hmm. A couple of those players had the chance. Even if you even go back to like the Pat Tillman days of ASU, a lot of people don't know he did go to ASU. Um, that it, it was he would have gotten a sponsorship. At any anybody in Tempe, any so my thinking is, I th- I'm for it. I, I don't see why it's such a big deal that some players are able to put some money in their pocket. Not only that, but there a lot of these kids that do come to the Division One level, even Division Two level, are kids from no 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 offense, the ghetto, right? Right? They college football is their way out, and a lot it's either gangs or sports. And if you're able to make a little bit of money and give that back to your family and and make, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not expecting some of these kids to make a million dollars in endorsements. No. I mean, there's been a couple instances where you hear some radio stations, they gave a kid 20 bucks to just say, hey, man, listen to this radio station. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, cool, dude, that feeds you for maybe a day. It's one of those things where it's like, because a lot of people don't realize that, like, you, you do get a weekly stipend. Um, from from the, the university if you're on scholarship, but those kids that aren't on scholarship, if you're telling me that I can, you know, I'm good enough. Say say, I don't know the the, the there's really not a player that comes to mind that's not on scholarship mm-hmm. that is good that gets the name and lights. But it gives those, for example, soccer players, female athletes, they have a chance now to make revenue and to bring some light to their sport. Like I think that's amazing. I, I really do. I don't I don't see the problem with with it. I also am a little bit of bias. I love video games, and I'm really excited because I think NCAA football comes back. So yes, yeah, <laughs> so it's one of those things too. And you're you're gonna be able to see it's not just and 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 I think going back to the sanctions. Now you're telling me that as an alumni or a booster, I can pay to have, for example, Georgia. And I, like we said at the beginning, I'm a diehard Georgia fan. The the alumni boosters rallied to pay for some of those facilities that Georgia now has that are state of the art. And what did that bring them? Five years of top three recruiting classes. I mean, you can argue the facilities are it. I mean, if you go, if even at CU, the Hall of Champions, that that was paid for by alumni and boosters and money that the program brought in from from the 2000s. They were able to pay for that with all the bowls that they went to. So. And now the players are, are able to get a piece of that pie, and I think that's amazing. Hey, let me just, you know, to your point, you're talking about other sports. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the one of the real big stories coming out early here is, and you know, I know this is a little bit in the weeds, but it sort of came up in my research on mm-hmm. NIL and some of the athletes who are taking advantage. You know, these a lot of these athletes have already cultivated and developed marketable uh, bases. Okay, so so for example, okay, if we get 
50 people to listen to our podcast, 60, 100, 200, whatever. Yeah. At some point, maybe an advertiser might come and say, hey, wait a minute. You got 100 people listening to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, on your podcast, maybe you say, hey, uh, <laughs> you know, why don't you give a tip of the cap to Bud Light or whatever, right? right. You know, do on, on air read. Absolutely. These these two gals, the Cavender twins, Fresno State uh, volleyball players, uh, if I, nope, college basketball players, mm. uh, girls basketball, okay? And let's just be frank, not a lot of revenue running no, around no, girls basketball. No. These two twins have 2.9 million followers on TikTok. And on Instagram. Okay. Okay. That's so amazing. immediately, once NIL came through, wow. they were able to monetize. And now I'm gar- I guarantee it. And again, mm-hmm. ladies, this isn't. I'm not trying to be insensitive. They are making more money off of this endorsement than they will ever make in the WNBA. Which is amazing. And that means that you're not only bringing more light because what 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 age are we in right now? The information age. Mm-hmm. What do you carry around your pocket the entire mm-hmm. time that you can bring up anything, mm-hmm. any given chance? You have YouTube. You have TikTok. You have Instagram. You have your cell phone, right? You can see these players now give you a daily a – day, not even a day in life, but just what they're really like outside of the, outside of the lines. You know what I mean? Like it's – I think it's amazing. Alan and I both have <clears throat> full-time jobs. Okay, this is, <laughs> it may surprise you. This is not our full-time <laughs> job, okay? There, there – our, our current employers are not preventing us from monetizing this podcast no, right now. No, Why would that be any different on a college campus? It, it wouldn't. It's not. It's And that's what I'm saying. So those of you out there that are like, this is bad for the sport and I, I don't stand by it, you know what? Hit me up on Twitter. I'll, at the end of the day, at the end of this podcast, we'll give you our Twitter handles. We'll get, we'll get Eventually, we'll have one for this podcast. Hit us up. Leave a five-star review. Um, hit smash that like button. Soon we'll be on YouTube actually recording these things well, real, um, so real, you can see. Real quick, I just want to – before we move on, you know, um, I want to make an argument to the people who say tradition, right? Yeah. Oh, it's tradition. Mm-hmm. It's this and that or whatever, right? Okay. And so by, by you know, it's, it's somehow amateurism is the true definition of tradition or whatever, mm-hmm. which, I mean – Let's get beyond the point, uh, you know, a topic we're going to talk about later on, but let's get beyond the point that there's like, for the last 10 years, there's eight teams in the in the entirety of college football <laughs> who matter every year, no. right? Okay, so that's not a tradition I particularly care about, okay, but if we're talking about tradition, okay, let me say, first of all, what's one thing probably these same old heads have been griping about is, well, players are sitting out of bowl games. They are. Well, guess <laughs> what? If they can make money... By playing in more games, mm-hmm. then guess what? They ain't going to be sitting out of the Sun Bowl. Exactly. You're not going to see Christian McCaffrey sitting out of a bowl game when it's costing him a paycheck. Exactly. Okay? And, and 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 granted, I know it's not paid directly from the school, but I'm saying, like, there may be something structured into his contract with, you know, Johnson & Johnson or whatever yeah, company yeah. Yeah. that for however many games he plays – and you know, mm-hmm. and, and and maybe after the game mentions it or whatever. And we're just scratching the surface, right? Really, we are. I mean, this this whole thing is brand new. It happened what last month? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. this is brand new. Yeah, July so, one, this became effective, and uh, it, you know, and and one more thing, Alan was talking to me about, compa- uh, you know, competition wise, mm-hmm. the competitiveness. Okay, a lot of people are saying, well, now you know. Uh, Alabama is just going to pay all their players. No. Like they haven't already. Okay. Like, let's get beyond <laughs> that. Okay. All right. All right. That was a little slam back at the SEC. Oh, okay. my God. But here's, here's my bigger point I want to look at. Okay. Yeah. Right now, in Ohio State's quarterback room, they've got C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, and Jack Miller. 
three quarterbacks on the depth chart who are all five or four star recruits. Amazing. It will never happen again. And because this dude Jack Miller is a four star recruit, he's going to sit on the bench and not make money at Ohio State, or is he going to take his talents to Boulder, Colorado, and get a paycheck and, and they're be about the starting to get, quarterback? And and just to piggyback off that, they're about to, Ohio State already linked Quinn Ewers, the number the nation's number one quarterback, mm-hmm. the nation's top recruit coming into the twenty twenty two class. So if you're if you're a quarterback in that room, if you're CJ or if you're Miller, you're like, you know what, I. I, I don't – I'm not going to start. You're right? going to have more reason for what you saw with Jalen Hurts. And if you think the transfer portal already is affecting yeah. the NCAA, it's going to get, I think, 100 times better yeah. in that sense of if you I, – because I know – you know, It'd I'm be not harder trying to, to transfer if you've got uh, if you got contracts, if you've got endorsements for a local team, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so again, these are all points. Yes. To those of you who are, you know, banging your head against the table, all tradition, tradition. Let's think about the issue comprehensively, okay? Mm-hmm. I know we get scared about new changes and things, yeah. but I, you know, the the, the idea, you know, not to just no, kind fine. of stepping on your toes here, Alan, no, you're but good, you're good. just saying, you know, on top of that, okay, in what other environment, okay, are you are you working as a, a an unpaid intern effectively, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. when you think about the context of, like you mentioned, players who come from disadvantaged circumstances, mm-hmm. and their family's hoping that they can send some money back home. Yeah, okay? absolutely. Well, you, you might say, well, they're getting money from stipends or whatever. Well, but it's not of, enough. A lot of those yeah. things are tied up too, right? Yeah. yeah. You that, have to spend it at the at the food, at it's the only cafeteria. Limited. Yeah, you how, have to spend it wherever, yeah, right? Yeah, it's usually a coupon or something right. like that. And so you can't send that shit back home yeah. so mom can spend it at the gas station exactly. or something, right? Or the grocery store. Yeah. So in what other circumstance, in what other environment, do you work effectively as an unpaid intern until the day that you now work for two million dollars a year? Dude. Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Football football creates more uh, football specifically, but also basketball mm-hmm. creates more uh, uh, millionaires out of people who come from disadvantaged circumstances. Yes. You know more millionaires out of out of minorities yes. than any other entity in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And so all we're saying is. Rather than these kids having to wait to capitalize on that mm-hmm. until they're 21, how about we let them capitalize at 19? Because mm-hmm. let's be for real, not a lot of 18-year-olds are going to come in getting endorsements. Okay? Exactly, agreed. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, if you if you have pro cons against it, I we understand the the pros, the cons. I have a little bit of issue with. I just don't see the point of you letting someone get their get their bread. So the the point is, like I said, um, going back to it. Like this is a podcast. Smash that five star review. We will read it on air if we get, and it doesn't matter. You can say anything you want as long as it's five star. We will definitely read it. Um, we will once we figure out the name of this amazing podcast. We'll have our own Twitter handle. We will be um, the future is you know and like just two dudes just talking, having a good time. Um, that are just diehard fans of the sport. We will have um, moving forward. Probably you'll see us live on YouTube doing, you know, doing the podcast, seeing how it all works. Um, but let's switch gears, man. Let's talk. My favorite thing yeah. next to the games on Saturdays mm-hmm. is who plays those games, yeah. meaning the recruiting side of it. Who is suiting up for your favorite teams? Um, we mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, I'm just going to start kind of just in general. Uh, recruiting itself is a insane this year i think more so than any other year 
coming up because of this NIL thing, the image likeness and, and, and abilities, all that, um, that will have an impact. Don't think it won't uh, on, on a certain school, which is good and potentially bad for your uh, favorite school. So um, just, just going off the list today, and this is just right as July 15th, the 2020, 2022 football team ranking class. Uh, right now, Ohio State sits number one with 17 commits, four five-stars already signed. Um, as previously mentioned, Quinn Ewers, the nation's number one quarterback, nation's number one overall recruit, has committed. He is all Ohio State. Um, I don't foresee anything changing in December. Um, and he's <laughs> he's the real deal. Uh, the last nation's number one recruit that um, – he, he ended up going to Georgia after flipping from Penn State, but he ended up at Ohio State to finish his career with Justin Fields. Quinn Ewers has more talent than Justin Fields, so Ohio State fans be 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 hyped about this kid. Um, <laughs> so bold the statement. bold state. I I know, and I, it's crazy to think that a kid in high school has more talent. But I want to before I keep going on on this, I want to go on this little this little rabbit hole about quarterbacks today are coming into the college level more pro ready. Than they ever have at any point in, in the entire history of football coming up to this year, 2021. So, and I say that because there's more camps, there's more availability for them to get their name out. There's more coaches working with them on mechanics earlier on. They do seven on seven. They do elite seven on seven programs. They do Peyton Manning's camp in New Orleans. Like there's over 1,100 players at that camp right now as we speak. And the only reason why I know that is because I listened to Peyton Manning's interview today. Um, so there's so many different tools that quarterbacks now have that they didn't have moving like a, a while ago, even 10 years ago. And a lot of college quarterbacks are coming in more NFL pro ready because of all their skill set that they've had coming into the college. The college just refines you. You got to college based on your skills, right? You get to the NFL based on what you did in college stat wise, not necessarily what you're doing changing like if you look at Justin Herbert's mechanics they really haven't changed he his ability to throw the deep ball was always his his pro right especially at Oregon I mean when you're throwing a dudes that can run 4-2 you can't underthrow him so my, my my thing is he's even and if you look at like quarterbacks like that that are just coming into this draft Trevor Lawrence he was the probably the most since Andrew Luck the most pro ready quarterback but it wasn't just Trevor Lawrence it was Fields um, his ability to, to, to throw on the run and his Clemson game put him on – I mean, he was already in the map, but really put him over the top. I was really shocked where he went. Kind of really mad that my Broncos didn't draft him, but that's a, a topic for another day. Mm-hmm. So my point is that college players or high school players coming into college are – a lot of them are expecting to start. And the transfer portal has made – coaches under the gun in that sense of for example Quinn Ewers he's not going to Ohio State because he's going to sit a year he's going to early enroll and he's going to play and because Ohio State let's be honest they're probably going to be in a a bowl in December I don't know if it's the playoffs or not they might take a couple because I don't I don't know who their quarterback is is it CJ on the road they do I, I mean cool I'm not picking Ohio State uh, just because I just don't believe in their quarterback room. I don't think they have a good enough player. But when Quinn steps into the field, he's going to be the number one. And that's because of his ability. It's mm-hmm. It just it blows my mind how good some of these kids are. That's what I'm telling you. You watch, I bet in the next year, two quarterbacks transfer, two quarterbacks from Ohio State 
transfer out. You think? Well, I am. You, you, you already got three, four, and five stars stacked up in that QB room, yeah. and now this kid's coming in, and you're saying he's he's gonna jump all of them? Oh, I think oh, so. They're, they're out. He's the nation's number one recruit. You're not gonna Stroud. sit him. CJ Stroud, come to Boulder, man. Come play Buffalo football. <laughs> So, you know, no, I think the one you want to do is Carson Beck. He's the he's the quarterback for Georgia. Mr. Florida, he's a four-star. Yeah. So, as we know, JT Daniels is a starter. I'm going off the tangent. I know. I'm talking about my dogs. But JT Daniels is his current starter, right? He's number one. Carson Beck is the number two. Then you have Brock Vandergriff already, who was the nation's uh, not number one quarterback, but he was a highly touted quarterback, a five-star. Then they got Gunnar Stockton. They flipped him from South Carolina. So that's three five-stars sitting behind a four-star Carson Beck. It's okay. Carson Beck is likely the odd man out in that room, but I, I really believe he could be the next coming of Matthew Stafford, but we'll see. Anyway, moving down the list, Notre Dame is at number two, 19 commit. So when, when, and if you are new to recruiting in the sense of, okay, well, we're, we you're allowed 25, right? Um, don't freak out. Because it's July, right? If you ever see a player decommit, say like, and it just happened recently, I can't think of the name, but he's a, he's a four-star. If a player decommits and writes, I'm going to open back up my um, recruiting to other schools, I want to thank, for example, Penn State. Thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. That's because Penn State was pitching a, a bigger fish. They settled on the current kid because they weren't sure if that other player that they really liked was going to go for them. So when you see a, a player decommit, don't get upset that like, oh, this kid was never – no, he was their backup. He was that school's backup plan. And the fact that the school's number one plan said, I'm all yours, that's why they and, – and they go to – it's more of a mutual respect thing. They go to the kid and say, hey, look, man, we're not going to lie. We're recruiting two, two other running backs. We, uh, we really like you. We want you to come on as preferred walk-on, but we're not going to have a scholarship for you because we already have this kid kind of on the line. Okay, cool. Well – and if you feel that way, um, we want you to open up your recruiting. You can say that you just decommitted from us. It's a lot of people don't realize that that when a, a player decommits, it's because that school is getting a bigger fish. Um, that and that's nine times out of ten. Obviously, there's a couple other you know reasons you know on the, on the one percent of it, like he really just didn't get a good feel on his first mm-hmm. official visit because think, yeah yeah whatever I mean whatever have you but that's where the transfer portal kind of comes in like for example Eric Gilbert you know what I mean like mm-hmm. from leaving LSU and coming to Georgia so it's like okay cool um but yeah so just keep moving along Penn State LSU that's three four Texas is number five and most of these most of these cats have 15 16 recruits um, and that's a that's a hard verbal commit. They haven't signed their national letter of intent yet. That's in December. So don't I, I tell you not to get excited um, because but if if it's like Quinn Ewers or Travis Hunter, the corner that's going to Florida State, those those kids are pretty pretty their minds pretty made up at this point. Um, for the the most the best example I can come up with is Spencer Rattler um, when he was being recruited by Oklahoma. He was all Oklahoma. But he was still getting letters and offers mm-hmm. to come visit. But he kept saying he's all Oklahoma. Quinn has said nothing other than Ohio State. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like – and as the as the recruiting process gets further and closer, you're going to see a lot of kids kind of start seeing these teams play. And that's – so in August, mm-hmm. September, that's when I think it's time – okay, if this kid's still listed as this team at in, in say, like October – 
it's pretty set in stone he's going to go to that school, mm-hmm. right? But if he's still like, you know what, I, I'm still on the fence, or if you find out that he ends up taking it uh, a visit scheduled anywhere from September to October, get a little worried if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're that school that he's committed to because mm-hmm. that means he's keeping his options open and he he saw something on TV from that team that he really liked and they were able to pitch him. Nine times out of ten, it's early playing time. So um, that's pretty much it for recruiting. There's really nothing too exciting. Uh, like I said, Quinn Ewers is, you know, kid's got it all. He's phenomenal. Um, out of the running backs, there's really – no one's really committed that I, other than, I mean, Colorado native Gavin Sawchuck. He's all Oklahoma. Um, breaks your heart if you're a Colorado fan. Yeah. Because you had a chance to probably get him. He's compared to Christian McCaffrey, and he'd go to he did go to Valor Christian, which is the same high school as Christian McCaffrey. Um, and a lot of people have said there's really there's there's too many uh, similarities between the two of them. So Oklahoma's yeah. getting a getting a stud there. It seems they <laughs> need a shift. I mean, you know, uh, from the days of of, of Montez, uh, you know. Uh, CU is, is made a shift. We're going to be running heavy this year. We've yeah. got the two-headed monster of Jarek Broussard and mm-hmm. Alex Fontenot in the backfield. Yeah. yeah. We had some, you know, injuries and issues, you know, in in the um, spring practice and stuff. Yeah. And so the offensive line is a little choppy. But but we hit, we're inexperienced on, mm-hmm. uh, at the quarterback. And I think we're going to go for Brendan Lewis, who's a running – well, he's a mobile quarterback. And so I just – for, for for this running back to be leaving, I mean, I, I, Oklahoma's an exciting team, but, man, you are going to get serious playtime at CU against, I mean, let's be honest, not the strongest defenses in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and you just saw a situation um, last year with uh, LaVisca Chenault getting drafted. You know, and, you know, and Alan, you told me his stock uh, went down a little bit, but you can't tell me you can't come play SCU and not get drafted. Well, I think the only if and I'm not like I said, he's a big fan of CU. I'm a fan of Georgia. Um, if I'm CU and that we're not making this a CU podcast, we know that we're kind of on a rant right now because yeah. it's been a long time since well, the, kids, had, the kids from from Colorado. Colorado. It's had yeah. it's been a really long yeah. time That's since an we've had a important question in these off season mm-hmm. situations is why why are they why are you not running your state? You can't right. recruit yeah. your state. Yeah. There's something going on, yep. and Shiverini is—he's a hell of a recruiter. But the fact that you guys missed out on a kid from Littleton, Colorado, yep. who is getting comparisons from from Christian McCaffrey—I'm a little worried. So, but the only thing that might be your saving grace is Relique Brown is also going to Oklahoma, and they're in the same class. Yep. Gavin Sawchuk is rated two as uh, overall as the number of running backs, and then Relique Brown is rated number four. So if you're CU, if you're CU, you, you, I mean, my biggest pitch would be like, hey, dude, you also know that this kid, Relique, is committing, right? Come to CU. You'll be the star. Yeah. Like, you're the day one starter. I I mean, your your family gets a chance to come down come down the road to Boulder and see you. Cool. Um, a couple other notables. Uh, Branson Robinson, uh, number three rated running back, is um, – He's leaning more toward, as far as we know, more toward Georgia, which is good um, for my dogs, which I call them RVU. Because, and you guys, I want you to be by, uh, be mad at me for saying that, but at the same time, man, I've got I've got nine running backs that I can list that all are on, that all went to the NFL that are really good. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that that'll kind of wrap up the recruiting scandal, uh, not scandal, but the recruiting. Um, <laughs> we can talk about Arizona State scandal if you want, mm-hmm. um, and that that whole staff needs to be fired. 
for what they did. But just a quick tidbit on that. Every school in sh some way, shape, or form commits a violation at some point. It's just what school gets caught doing it. Mm -hmm. And if you get caught, then you're, the NCAA is like, okay, cool. Like I know Georgia a while ago, they, they punished themselves. And that was that's why the NCAA didn't come down on them because they were like, okay, we'll just take away two of our scholarships, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so don't think of it as like, oh, my God, ASU is – they're so bad. They did this. Every school has done something, some way, shape, or form. Look at CU back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, there's unfortunate. Look at Penn State. I, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, so that's my that's my little little other little like nugget in there that there's violations going all over the place. Yeah. You, you can't tell me that there's not alumni and boosters paying your way to get to that yeah. official visit because they are. Well, so Al, Alan and I both. Uh... Uh, were <laughs> collegiate athletes, and uh, you know, I, I can I can second that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I the way I look, I mean, you, you, almost almost every time you don't get caught unless somebody wants you to get caught. Mm -hmm. And and we we still you know information still coming out. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually as I was going through my power ratings, it's it's for this upcoming season. It's actually pretty incredible that people are still rating Arizona state so high considering all the turmoil and drama. But what, what, what I find interesting is, and, and I love Herm Edwards, both of us, we, 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 we think very highly of Herm Edwards. I think he's a great coach. We think he's a great coach. He's a leader of men. He's a leader of men. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 um, you know, I could say even as a Colorado fan who, you know, we're in the PAC 12 South of Arizona state, I thought when they hired him, I thought, you know, I, I thought I, at the same time, Arizona hired Kevin Sumlin. And I always thought Herm Edwards was going to be a stronger hire. I thought at the time of the hire, I said, give Arizona State three years, they'll be in the Pac-12 championship five years in a row. And I'm clearly wrong. Well, you know well I mean? this but, is the year that it should should be paying off. Yeah. But what I'm hearing, what, what I was, the point I was getting at is, is what was unique is Herm Edwards was bringing in and instituting kind of the, the Dave Wonstadt model. If you remember back to Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, when they had Larry Fitzgerald and stuff, mm -hmm. the instituting this, this pro model where, where he brought in, um, uh, Marvin Lewis, the former yeah. head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, he Bengals. brought in Antonio Pierce, mm -hmm. you know, and, and he brought in these guys to lend credibility to the program to say, Hey, you know, and even if even if you're not seeing the the, the us delivered on the field, the, the players at least know we know what it takes to make it to the next level. Yeah, right. And, and that's so that a should, big recruiting that pitch. Should be a big recruiting pitch. But what I'm saying is, what I think, what I find interesting is the whole pitch on Herm Edwards front. And keep in mind, he was out of coaching for eight years or something. He was doing before. the NFL. Uh, mm -hmm. Welcome to the NFL rookie like. Uh, it was a conference. Yeah. All the rookies that got drafted, he uh, was leading that. Right. He was yeah. saying, you know, giving them life advice. And, yeah, and he was doing um, working for uh, ESPN. Broadcasting yeah, ESPN working for ESPN. But but what, what I'm what I'm hearing now, and again, things are coming out as they come out. But what I'm hearing now is Antonio Pierce is kind of at the core of a lot of this. Mm. And you know, we we all can have our thoughts about these were unique rules yeah. for COVID. They had this extended dead period yeah. and whatever. And and to be honest, Arizona as a state has pretty much been wide open since last November. So you know, for these guys, you got. I try and put myself in their shoes, and I'm going. They're living their life entirely normally for six months, mm -hmm. 
and and going why again is it we can't be having kids on campus we yeah. can't be having you know but but the but the fact of the matter is they broke rules yeah and and to Alan's point it sounds like you know they're getting caught because some people were pissed with Antonio Pierce and as it happens. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. We're going to find out more about that. Yeah, and, and like we said at the beginning of the podcast, news and all that fun stuff, we'll hit it as it comes in, and then we'll yeah. move on. So And speak- revisit and, you know, this yeah. developing yeah, situation, yeah. you know, and so we don't we don't hardline, you know, <laughs> condemn or whatever. Right? Right. I mean, as things come no. out, we adjust. And we have no ties to ASU. We have no ties to, you know, any, any school outside of CU in Georgia that, like, really – I mean, and and trust me, we're going to be the first ones that hamper, or not hamper, but like come down on our school. Say like Georgia comes down with a sanction, I'm going to be pissed. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna say, well, this is them breaking the rules. This is not okay. Blah. blah. But um, I think you know we're just kind of scratching the surface on that. And and like I said, as more news comes out, cool. Um, but let's move on. There was some interesting NCAA. Um, expansion that isn't until 2023, but a lot of schools are going to benefit from this. Mainly my dogs, okay. <laughs> so which is good. They're not going to be the odd man out at five anymore because they're going to be what's in. It, what's it? They always say it, it, it's it's uh, how many chances you get a bite at the apple. Yeah, right, the G, right? well, the, know? everybody knows the yeah. G stands for the great pretenders. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, what we're talking about is the actual 12 team playoff. It's not uh, um, here until 2023. So kind of piggybacking into recruiting a little bit from this 12th team, this is going to impact it, in my opinion. If you're a team like UCF, Cincinnati, Georgia, Georgia, we yes, they get top five recruiting classes. Um, this will put them over the hump if they're able to be I mean, 2023. Hey, man, we were one, two pieces away. Come to our school. 2023, we're in. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you finish this year in the top 10, maybe even top 12, you have your doors and your doors wide open to get into the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. If you're Cincinnati, the loss to Georgia in, in the in that bowl game doesn't look as bad. Mm-hmm. Had the playoff been this year, you're coming in ranked pretty high. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like strong defense, exactly. Too. And they they had a really good. A lot of people. Cincinnati was a very good football team. Mm-hmm. They took my dogs to the brink. Like it it was it was a very close game, and I was sitting on pins and needles. If you're a team like UCF, you finally get your shot. Mm-hmm. You finally get to put up or shut up, and say, and you don't have to claim we beat Auburn, so we're the national champions because they beat some other team that beat some other team. No, no, no. You're in the playoffs. Put up or shut up, big guy. It's time to go. You know what I mean? So if you're uh, even, I mean, I'm if you're Notre Dame, and I think Notre Dame is one of the most overrated schools in the whole wide world because they they get their chance. Because they are. <laughs> right Be, because they get their chance if basically they just go undefeated okay cool well you know what you 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 beat clemson you got spanked by clemson rightfully so but you're in it you know what i mean and, and teams like alabama ohio state oklahoma uh especially now with you know their their coaches and their staffs kind of set let's be honest they're always going to be in the playoff get over it people they're really good they just reload every single year. It's okay because now you don't have oh well, and there's another wild card team. No, no, no. There's a bunch of other wild card teams that could potentially match up. And you, if you're, if you're that team like UCF or Cincinnati, you want Bama in the first round. You want Notre Dame in the first. Round. You want Clemson. You want Georgia. 
you want to put your mark on that playoff. And I think that this is – it's going to bring in a, a shitload of money because you have all these bowl games that people kind of tune out now. You also – going back to the original point of people backing out of bowl games, they're going to stay. Mm-hmm. I mean if you, you can't tell me that there's going to be a bunch of kids that are going to be like, you know what? Hey, we made the playoff. Awesome. We're, 12, we're one of 12 teams. I'm not leaving. No, I'm going to, I'm going to finish. So I think that's good. Um, I'm really excited for it. I think that you're going to get a lot of – I think you're going to get a lot of the same teams out of the the top five. A lot of those teams are kind of going to be in there. Um, but you're going to get a lot of a lot of new teams. Like for example, Iowa State. You're going to they they get their chance, and they have a pretty good squad this year. Um, and there's going to be a team that has two losses that I think crack the crack the twelve. There might even be a three loss team in there. Like you can't tell me that if somehow Bama. Say say or not Bama. Say A and M. Say they lose to Bama, and that's their only loss. Are they 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 have a, a legitimate argument? You know what I mean at that point. I mean I think their schedule to begin with is a little weak um, before Bama, but that's okay. I mean, and this is all basing on the, the the playoff being this year, and it's not. So my thinking is, you set yourself up this year for 2023 if you're A and M, Iowa State, whoever. That's on the cusp. You know what I mean? I, well, theoretically, the players you would be recruiting by the um, uh, deadline or December, the, yeah, by December, yeah. they're going to be 2022 recruits, so they will be in this playoff mm-hmm. their junior year. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So they could see this in their future. This mm-hmm. is not some far off dream. One thing I find interesting, and I don't know if you saw, but is is that this agreement for the expansion to ten or twelve teams. Uh, is is only uh, sort of loosely approved from 2023 to 2020, the 2025-2026 season. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, but I don't know how you can come back from it. Once you go, I mean, how many iterations of expansion have you seen in the basketball tournament? They never go back down, right? The revenue is too high. They can't no. do it. Uh, and that's in March. So like, um, I, I mean, there's what, 60, 64 teams? 68 now. 68 teams. Okay, so... You, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's madness. Literally, it's called March Madness, right. man. Like, because it, it, it is. And I think that you're telling me that uh, Azusa Pacific is able to get a bite at the apple. I mean, that's amazing. You know, yeah. I mean, some of these teams, like Loyola, you know what I mean? Like, or, or even. Yeah. Um, Loyola Chicago. How about UCLA was yes. an 11 seed this year? <laughs> 11 seed this year. And we know that's And they crazy. made it to the final four. And that's amazing. They so, were in a playing game. Yes. They I mean, were one of those last four in the so, playing game. So what we're basically saying is everybody has a chance. How about this? Let me give you a this. legitimate and, chance. And, and and granted, we recognize okay, there's dramatic differences between basketball and football. Okay, yeah. uh, there's more players in basketball. If you have one great player, mm-hmm. they can really kind of carry the team. In football, there's not five players on the field. You right. know, you've got eleven at all times. There's mm-hmm. offense, defense. Nobody plays both ways. No. Like so, there's that. Okay. Also, it's way more physical, and mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But 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 drawing a comparison to the basketball tournament in 1985, in 1985 they expanded the basketball tournament from 32 teams to 64 teams. Mm-hmm. That was the year that uh, seven seed Villanova beat the Goliath, Big John Thompson and Patrick Ewing's Georgetown in the, in the <laughs> national championship. The very okay. year they expanded it. From 32 to 64. Wow. You know, and so, uh, I don't know, do you want to talk about, like, uh, some of the, if we were to uh, apply these 
this playoff to previous years, what teams might have had a chance or whatever. Yeah, we can uh, definitely dive into that. So um, they're, like I said, already mentioned Cincinnati, um, Iowa State. So let's just go back and look at the look at the twenty fifth or twenty sixteen right the birth of it. So um, you would have the top four, which would be I think Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington were the top four in that. Um, that year you'd have Oklahoma, Florida State, Michigan, Colorado, Wisconsin, or Clemson, and Ohio State on the on the right side of the bracket. Uh, the eighth seed would be Wisconsin. Ninth seed would be USC. Penn State would be the fifth seed, and then um, people forget about 2016. <laughs> Western Michigan went 13 and 0. Western Michigan, that's the W. I was trying to figure out what is that. 13 and 0. Like, hey, these U, these UCF fans, which I love, I get a kick out of them saying they won the national title. No, you didn't. You like, didn't win the national well, okay, title. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> this was two years before them. Yes. Western Michigan should have been saying we won the national exactly. title. Exactly. So. Look, and these are some – and, folks, these are some favorable matchups. Like, you have Michigan against Colorado. That's – that that playoff, can you – I mean, that's with the, the hill. Winner, with the winner getting Clemson. Clemson. That, that, that brings you back to, like, this old potential rivalry between the two well, of these teams. Hey, uh, Cordell Stewart. That's what I'm the saying. The Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah, so you can't tell me that Michigan – there's fans alive yeah. from both sides that – Hate each other because uh-huh. of that, uh-huh. and okay, cool. Uh, USC about, Wisconsin, yeah. that's a matchup made in heaven. That's, I mean, that's the Rose Bowl yes. every four years. Yes, it is. And so, and, and look, we also know that the twelve-team playoff, you're going to get the conference champion no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a three-loss USC team winning the Pac-12, mm-hmm. you're going to get them in the playoff. Right. That's good for the Pac-12. Because finally, you have someone representing you, <laughs> which is good. You know what I mean? And, and This was the last year that was back in 2016, Washington. But you would have one. lowly Jake Locker, Washington. <laughs> and they got freaking trounced. And you know, you know, it's because you didn't have Jacob Eason. That's why. Yeah. Right? Well, that's because Jacob Eason wasn't there. Yeah, he really turned the table for him, didn't he? <laughs> he did. That's my boy right there. Go dogs. So, uh, 2017, you've got... Uh, You've got teams like um, that aren't mentioned. Uh, still, some of the same ones: Washington, Auburn, Miami, uh, Oklahoma, UCF is in that one. Um, and then let's. So those are two new two new teams right there. Penn State even is in that. Okay, and then 2018 UCF and again Washington back in it. LSU is at 11 seed. Uh, Florida's a 10 seed because they ha- they're just really bad. So, but. That's what I'm saying. You're getting so much, so so uh, you're getting so many bites at the apple. And if you're a team like Oregon, UCF, Utah, uh, Colorado, Colorado, yes, uh, even and like I said, my dogs. Like you don't have to worry about your season being over after that one loss because if you look at a lot of teams, and, and this and I can attest this as a Georgia fan, a lot of us when they lose that game. We're like, shit, the season's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when we lost to Florida last year, ugh, bro. Like, uh, the only reason why they lost, and, my, and I'm going to take this to the grave, because JT Daniels wasn't playing. That's the only reason why, because he wasn't healthy enough yet. But that's what I'm saying. The season isn't over. You can still play for it. Hell, Coastal Carolina would have been in it in 2020. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with these teams, with, with, with Western Michigan, Coastal Carolina, uh, you know, UCF, these teams – Listen, we can now legitimately say, 
Okay, at the beginning of the season, in every other sport, this is the case, except for college football. At the beginning of the season, every team in competition can now say, if we just win all our games, we can win a championship. Exactly. That has not existed before. We, we're looking at Western Michigan. They went 13-0 in 2016. Yeah. They didn't get a shot at it. They finished 13th, okay, in the rankings, okay? UCF, obviously, very famously, we know, they finished undefeated, okay, with Scott Frost, who's doing a – He's having a rough go at Nebraska <laughs> right now. Okay, he probably should have stayed at UCF, and maybe guy. he would have if they had the the bracket. Although he's an alumni of Nebraska, so that's okay. That's a that's a sidebar. But my point yeah. is, now we can. It, I think it legitimizes the sport yeah. to now say, listen, as long as you beat the team in front of you, you got a chance to win the championship. Here. You yeah, exactly. Anybody and does. You can and you can take two losses. Now, if you're don't get me wrong. Yeah, if you're power a team, five, power five. If you're yeah, power five, five, yeah. So, like, when I say that, people don't think of, like, oh, my God, Cincinnati can lose four games. And still. No, no. No, no, no. If Cincinnati loses twice, they're out. Probably because not. you're going to have an undefeated Utah team yeah, until – Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, okay, the team last year, no. I think the team last year, we can make an argument. They had a really good offense. They would have been in it. They, they, were, been they in were undefeated. It. But they played Georgia in it is my point. Oh, that yeah. was the playoff game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? So, you're well, in it. What I'm saying is that – I think I mean just to be fair, I think you would have to probably be undefeated if you're a group of five team. Yeah. In order to make it in. Yeah, but yeah. But I agree with you. If if you're Georgia, okay, mm-hmm. and you lose to Florida like week one or whatever. I know it's not week one, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Say you lose week one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh so for example, I'll give I'll give you an example this year, okay? Mm-hmm. Minnesota plays Ohio State week one. Okay, if if Ohio State loses that, well, bad example, but say Minnesota loses that game, they don't have to now go. Well, shoot, we're screwed. Right. We're not going to be able. You know what I mean? They they can find a way, even if especially if they find a way to win their conference, mm-hmm. they're they're in and they're still alive. Yeah. And so you know, logistically, it's going to be interesting to see how they work all this out. Whether they have some of these games. You know, because they've been they've been playing the play-in games to the four-team tournament. Yeah, yeah. At, at the Peach Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the yeah. Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl on a rotational. Yeah. Okay. And so it'll be interesting have, to see. Um, you have six bowl games that are going to be amazing. Like they're not like the so the Citrus Bowl or the Alamo Bowl right. will finally be a legitimate. I mean, they're still legit. And they're still legitimate people. This is a bowl game, like yeah. right. The, this will be this will be six games yes. that lead into the championship. Yes. Game. So. Be, it gives back because with the co- you can you can make the argument that with the college football playoff because of it the bowl games lost some of the bowl games lost their interest mm-hmm. now you're giving those interests back because say you get a matchup like uh, I don't know um, A&M and Wisconsin in the Citrus Bowl for the playoff mm-hmm. okay that's a round yeah. one matchup I want to see you well know? and again and again <laughs> and people might be worried about the games that aren't in the tournament yeah okay but like for, first of all again uh, a, a basketball comparison I mean. People still do. There's there's such a thing as NIT tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And fans go. You know what I mean? There, there's a following. They broadcast it on ESPN. Okay. They play. I, I think if I recall correctly, they play the final four in the championship of that game in Madison Square Garden. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not some little sisters of the poor JV version. Okay. Yeah. Like it's it, they make yeah. revenue there. And so and on top of that, what we were just talking about is the better players in those teams are going to be playing. They're not going to be sitting out. Because they might have endorsement contracts. Exactly. That they have to exactly. Offer, right? And it just goes back to the like the amazing part of image likeness and everything like that that goes into play. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, the things to to really consider that this playoff is going to be it's gonna it's gonna bring more life, money, and love to the sport. 
And I, I think that's amazing. Like you have a chance to really, really, really dive into those teams that are on the verge and give them a chance. And I think that's all they've ever wanted. And you're giving that to them. So, you know, hats off to, to those, the committee and, and they're going to see it's, it's just going to make more money for the schools, which, you know, that trickles down. Well, and how many times, usually at the hands of Alabama and Clemson, but how many times have we seen the playoff games, the first round at least, mm-hmm. be a complete freaking route? Oh. Okay? I mean, they, they just get Notre Dame, Notre Dame. or Oklahoma. Every they just single get time. Washington. They get blown Notre Dame. Out, off the field, okay? <laughs> I'll, here, let me just take your attention to the 2018 bracket, Okay. <laughs> Notre Dame got throttled by Clemson. Notre Dame should not have been there. Okay, but you say that, but here's what I'm saying. Okay, and it increases competition. Okay, yeah. if you keep that in mind. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying is, in, in Notre Dame wouldn't have just rolled it out and played Clemson. They would have had to beat, in 2018, either Ohio State or LSU in order to get to play Clemson. So my argument would be, if they're that bad, they probably would have lost that one. Oh, the, and then you would have they a better team It's a round one exit, for sure. Okay, and, and, yeah. and, and the same thing on the other side. Yeah. You had Alabama throttle Oklahoma in 2018. Well, well, Oklahoma would have had to beat either Penn State or Georgia mm. to get to play Alabama. Yeah. You know we what I mean? We all know, and we all know, Boomer Sooners, what happened when you played my dogs last time, okay? You guys got destroyed. Yeah. Just want to so, throw that out there. So, and they kicked Florida's ass this last year. So. <laughs> transitivity, you got a double There wound, we right? go. Hey, as long as you know what? Glorified gator hater right here. I do not care. Hit me up on, on Twitter if you have a problem with it. We'll go back and forth all day. We all know that the better team that runs both Florida and Georgia is Georgia. So, having said that, with the 12, with the 12 football playoff um, expansion, let us move to games to watch week one. So, or, can, I, can I hit you with one last point? Of course, here? of course. Sorry. Um, so here's my one last. You know, we've been talking about how a lot of these things are going to. Second switch. We've been talking about how a lot of these things are going to create more parity by way of players transferring, a distribution of talent, mm-hmm. et cetera. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What I'm talking about. Okay. Right now, if you think about Cincinnati. Okay. If I don't care, if Cincinnati goes undefeated this year. Let's be honest. They're not making the playoff. They're not going to. Okay? Yeah. No, so, no, you're, you're, you're 100% right. And, and that's counting. They, they play, and, I think, Notre Dame this year. And that's year. the same for Dame. UCF. Right, but, no, but, when he, but here's my point. Okay? So say you're Luke Fickle. Okay? The head coach at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Okay? What he generally, what we've seen out of coaches that do this, mm-hmm. the coach at Western Michigan, Scott Frost, okay, uh, most recently Eli Drinkwitz, okay, yep. is that he had Appalachian State, they were winning 10, 11, 12 games a year, okay, and, and Appalachian State was strong. Uh, and what did he do? Rather than riding it out and having a long career there, he got offered a job by, I mean, let's be honest, a, a very mid-level SEC team in Missouri, okay, Missouri has done basically nothing the entire time they've been in the SEC. Okay? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and, and I agree. So, so what I'm saying is, for for Luke Fickle, or so for Eli Drinkwitz at the time, Yeah. right? At the time, he would be saying, you know what? If I stay at Appalachian State, we can make the playoffs. Yeah. If I go to Missouri, we're going to get our asses kicked four or five games a year this by Georgia because, and Alabama and Florida. It's just because you're recruiting. And is, we're never yeah. going to make the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and so, that, yeah. so that might be an incentive for a guy like Luke Fickle to stay, to stay at Cincinnati, yeah. and build a program there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you see 
It's like with the Mark Few model, like Gonzaga in basketball. Yeah. Is as long as they got a shot, dude stays, builds, stronger recruiting. And pulls in. Yes, pulls in. And let, me give you one, let me give you one more point, okay? Mm-hmm. Rather than rather than taking a job at Waco at Baylor yeah. or, in, you know, in, in a, 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 you know, I don't know uh, what's Nebraska. the Manhattan yeah. for Kansas State, yeah. okay, yeah. mid-level or lower-level yeah. Power Five team. Yeah, yeah. He gets to stay and capitalize in Cincinnati, a and major it, market. And the thing is, too, yeah, Cincinnati, Ohio. And the thing is, too, because you have Ohio State right down the road, and that, and you can't tell me that eventually. Those two teams would be on a collision course. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? How awesome would that yeah, be? Down the road, you get a little home and home. Exactly. Luke yes. To coach at Ohio State. And then you get an, and say say for and this is folks we're speculating. This is like 2025. Yeah. Say that Ohio State and Clint, or and, and Cincinnati, they're, they're that's a first round matchup in that playoff, mm-hmm. right? You can't tell them oh. that they're not dropping that week one matchup that they have in 2026 to play each other yeah. because that means that you get. There's just more avenues, and I think that that's that's good for college football because how long has it been since a true legit rivalry between those two have been? It, there, I don't think there's ever been. I, they don't consider each other rivals, but rivals are made in playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, well, heck and, yeah, and a game like that that would be you know at, at that's amazing for the stadium. state. That's they amazing. Would, they would play it in a pro football stadium because there would be so. Many people that wanted they'd to play in Cleveland for sure. You'd have to move it to Cleveland, yeah. <laughs> the home of the Browns, and and think of the recruits mm-hmm. like that Ohio because Ohio State owns Ohio right when it comes to the best recruits. Mm-hmm. If you're Cincinnati, they also own Michigan. They, oh, did I say that? And Wisconsin <laughs> as well, right? And if you're but if you're good for them, heck yeah, keep going, Jim Harbaugh. You're out the door after this oh, season. Shit, so anyway, just think of the the recruits like because everybody says you know and and I, so CSUC when they play. That's big for recruits in the state of Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to go to the team that beats that team. Or you want to be the player that's like, you know what, I'm going to help you guys beat these guys yep. next year, right? Yep. So that's amazing. And mm-hmm. I think that that's good for – it's just good for the sport. So having yeah. said that though, what else is good for the sport is some some of these games coming up week one. Like I've got a couple that I want to highlight on. Um, case in point where college game day is going to be. Which I, I'm I'm finally I'm really really pumped for that one because it's it's about time that it comes to, and highlights my dogs. But we won't talk about that until a little bit later. Um, so I'll let you kick it off, man. If you have, do you have your list ready, or do you want to? I guess I got my list ready. I've been dying for this part, so I'll just I'll just keep going. Um, so. Uh, I'll wait until Georgia Clemson at the end. Everybody knows the week one matchups. The big ones are probably going to be um, Notre Dame, Florida State. Uh, you've got Wisconsin, Penn State. Uh, I circled this one, Texas A&M against Houston. I, I don't think a lot of people realize that A&M, to me, is a big pretender. And I think that they're going to come to light against Houston. And I, I see you smiling across the table because I, – and and if I if AM wins this game, great. They lose to Colorado next game. So, so <laughs> I because wish. I, everybody and their mom every year hypes up this AM team, and I just look at them and I say, Why? I don't I don't get it, dude. Look, and if you're an AM fan, I'm sorry. You're just you're 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 bigger pretenders than my dogs. I just you can't you you can't do what you've done and call it success in Texas. Because the Longhorns have done more than what you've done in the last five years. So 
that's why I said the Houston A&M game, that's, that's going to be in Texas, going to be huge. Um, I think that Houston's going to take them on that one. I do have – I did highlight this one because I don't believe in LSU. I think they play UCLA, and I don't really see LSU bouncing back quite yet. I know that they have a pretty strong recruiting class coming – or potentially coming in 2022, um, but that's still – I think Ed Ogeron is on the hot seat. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, he, he won the national title. He won the national title because he got lucky with Joe Burrow. He, 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 fa- he found lightning in a bottle and unleashed it. So – Having said that, I think LSU is still kind of – they're still kind of picking up the pieces from that last national title. They lost a ton of talent. They really haven't rebuilt that talent. They had a bad recruiting class last year. Um, and, and I mean, the recruiting class was okay the year before in 2019. But 2020, they really didn't have anybody coming in that's uh, worth really talking about. Um I'm not saying that they're going to lose to LSU or to UCLA. I'm saying that it's going to be a closer game than people are suspecting. But it's a game that I definitely want to watch because knowing – the only way that I can see LSU being, okay, they're back, is if they blow UCLA up by 50. You know what I mean? And that's not going to happen. They just don't have the weapons. So I think LSU moving forward is just kind of going to be just a little bit of meh, middle of the road. Um, and then finally, the college game day game of the week is Georgia versus Clemson. A lot of people don't realize that Georgia Clemson is a rivalry game. Uh, it, go, it goes back pretty, you know, a long time. Um, these two teams hate each other. <laughs> There's no love lost. There was um, a, a game a few years back. There was they had a home and home against them. Um, that really kind of sparked it. And that's really what Clemson used is their Georgia was able to beat them once, and then Clemson was able to beat them on their way to a national title. Um, so that that's going to be the game that my dogs are either going to show the world that they're officially for real. And a lot of people have been saying they, and this is coming from Georgia fans and I don't, I don't believe it this because I am the firm belief that there's only 1% of fans that actually know what they're talking about. The rest are just fans. Georgia has to beat Clemson by 14. And I'm, I don't understand that at all. That doesn't make sense to me because both defenses are very, very elite. Georgia's D line, in my opinion, Everybody's talking about Kayvon Thibodeau as the best defense player in the, in the draft coming up this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be breezy. This kid is yeah. a monster. He's 6'6", 300 pounds. Like, he gets after the quarterback. He's, <laughs> But he's he runs like a 4'5", This kid is amazing. He's going to be a terror all game. Um, so... Uh, it's gonna be. I'm gonna pull for my dogs, but I, you know what? At the same time, if they do lose this game, it doesn't mean that the season is over. Uh, they definitely can still win the East and and play, you know, Alabama in the West and and beat them in the SEC championship game, which they've never been able to do. But maybe this will be the year with JT Daniels at the helm. So those are the games that I'm highlighting. Um, specifically, also want to hit real quick Notre Dame versus Florida State. That's a big rivalry game. Um, I think that if Florida State wants to be Considered what they once were back in the in the Bowden. You don't think they have a chance against yeah. that game? I mean, they got Mackenzie Milton coming in. Yes, and that's, that's about all. Uh, I mean, but it's like if you're Florida State, dude, what the hell happened? Yeah, like you you were the premier college to go to back in the Bobby Bowden days. Mm. Like what? You can't tell me that there's been that drop. There's been drop offs. A new coaching changes and stuff like that, but teams still stay relevant. Florida State hasn't been relevant in what eight years? Like since old uh, Crab Lake James Winston. Yes, and it's one of the Crab Lakes. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, if you're Florida State, you you have to show up for this game. 
You, you and if you lose, you better lose by three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay, well, so those are all fantastic games, and I'm certainly looking forward. To. We got a great <laughs> slate of opening day games. Uh, oh yeah, I really hope they space them out. It pisses me off when they have you know primetime games, and you know Fox has one. And ESPN will have one, and they'll play it at the same time. same time, time? yeah. And Alan and I, we, we've got to rig up two TVs. Just to watch. Switching back and forth. Yes. And, you know, so anyways, but but I, I also am going to sort of look at this um, uh, ACC uh, sort of conference play. You were just talking about Florida State and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick this uh, Miami-Alabama game. Man, I've been hearing all this trash about Miami oh, being so great. great and De'Eric King and how his, him transferring there. Oh, now he's back, and, mm-hmm. and they're going to be this devastating force. Well, you know what? Put up or shut up, okay? You've got Alabama, the king of the hill. You've got them sized up week one. You had all offseason to prepare for them. I, I, I'll be rooting for you. I can guarantee you I will be rooting for you. I, you know, I'd like to see that at least be a competitive game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my – my analytics do not have it as a very close game, you know. Uh, but just just because of pedigree and and defense with Alabama, you know. I mean, they've got the uncertainty. They're all trying to convince us that uh, Bryce Young is is the next incarnate, you know. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I think I think they're right for the picking this year, and you know, and and if it's you know if it's not going to be Miami, you know, there there are other teams that I think have a decent shot, you know, A and M may have a shot at them. You know, Auburn, you know, they might have their best shot in a long time. Okay, Alabama plays at Florida, at A&M, and at Auburn this year. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, they've they got a, a bit of a slog, and they start off, obviously, uh, on the neutral site against Miami. You know, so that's a game I'm definitely going to have my eye on. I'll tell you, the next game that I have my eye on uh, is a little bit off the radar. But I'm excited for it. Like you were talking about Texas A&M, how they're overhyped every year. Every year. Well, there's another team in that state, the Lone Star <sighs> State, that's even more overhyped than them every year, and that would be the mighty Texas Longhorns. <laughs> Hook them horns, buddy. Okay, everybody's got them in their top 15. Yeah. They roll out opening weekend and, and at home. You and I. Nope. Yeah. Nope. At home, oh, right. they get Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. Okay. Louisiana Lafayette just had the, coming off the greatest season they've had in their history, wow. in their program's history. They only lost one game all year. <laughs> you know, I, I think they Texas could be right for uh, for the pick in there. You think? Yeah. Well, you know. Well, they play Iowa State too on on eleven six, and that'll be I think a good Louisiana, test. Uh, yeah, Louisiana. No, Texas, the Longhorns. Uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah Texas yeah and and yeah so they start off. Yeah, they got Louisiana, then they go at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they have Rice, which is one of the worst teams <laughs> in the country. Uh, but yeah, they're at, at Iowa State. They get Oklahoma at home, yeah. So that'll be interesting. They got Oklahoma State at home too. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, Texas might they might be overlooking this game. Louisiana, you know, sometimes you see those crafty mid majors like uh, like Boise or whatever. They get yeah. they get cute and they do the little uh, you know hook and ladder and different things. You know, <laughs> I think I think Texas could get got there. You think they're gonna get upset? Huh? You're calling the upset already? No, wow. I'm, I'm not calling the upset. That's just a game that I am saying I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah, I do. Oh, so, and and also to correct myself earlier. I do not correct myself on AM being overhyped, but I do correct myself on them playing Houston. So I read that totally wrong. Texas Tech plays Houston. 
I still think that's going to be the game to watch um, because Texas Tech has a chance to actually be something this year. So, and Houston. Texas I, Tech. Uh, some of you may remember Oregon's quarterback, Tyler Shoe. Mm-hmm. Or Shook. Or Shaw. Or how, yeah, whatever. He just transferred to Texas Tech. They, yeah. they think because Alan Bowman went to Michigan. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting little uh, uh, moving yeah. moving of the pieces around. Yeah, absolutely. I think Texas Tech, I agree with you. I think they think there's something. But, I, man, Houston is just a dumpster fire. I yeah. just, I you just, think? I, I mean, Houston, Texas Tech is going to be a lot closer. If that's in our Houston, college pickup, man, I'm <laughs> telling you right now, I'm picking Houston, okay? So we'll, we'll go from there. Um, just a little backward reference. You do do this college pick em thing every week. It's a lot of fun with some of our other friends that do it. And we just pick uh, – there's like what, like 15, 16 games that we were able to pick from. And we always – and loser has a really – the winner gets to pick what the, the bottom of the barrel loser gets to do for the – Punishment. As a punishment. So it's a lot of fun. Um, so having highlighted some of the games, um, you, you, got, you got a couple more? I got one more. Okay. One more just to keep your eye on. Again, it's kind of off the radar like the Texas-Louisiana one, okay? But my my uh, my power ratings have North Carolina, and, and a lot of this has to do with Sam Kirk, Howell. Sam Howell, but also they've they've got offensive linemen returning, and Mac Brown. You know, you, you you can't count out. Look at what he's done already. Yeah. Just going to North Carolina, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. and making them relevant. Well, this is a year where I think you know you've got Clemson, who's a little bit in turmoil. Okay, I don't know if you saw the news, Dabo Sweeney's not super happy about NIL and all this stuff, and there's a little disconnect. I know that in the past he's gotten a lot of players, he's ruffled their feathers in the yeah. sense of a lot of a couple of them, like Tyke Smith, mm. um, transferred out, went to my dog. So, yeah, I, yeah I think he he's not as much of a player's coach as a lot of people kind of paint. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then, you know – Everybody's just like with Bryce Young down in Alabama. Everybody's trying to hype up DJ Uyunglele, and, and you know, and he played all right, but he played system ball, okay? Uh, in, in the game, in the game he played points. last year when uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence was out for COVID. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. against Notre Dame, and he yeah. he was able to take Notre Dame to the brink. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but we figured out Notre Dame. Notre Dame's overrated. overrated. Yeah, yeah, but still, that and, game and it was system ball again. That's yeah. what I'm saying is you can play system ball once. Twice, I guess if you're Mac Jones, you could play it a whole season, but, <laughs> but that's rare. I'm yeah. just saying, I think I think North Carolina fans out there think, hey, they might have a shot to knock off the king of the ACC this year. Um, and if that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, uh, let me just pull this up right quick. Um, they they Let's don't play, they don't play Clemson all year. Okay, North Carolina has actually has a, a moderately weak schedule. Okay, their North Carolina game, does? North Carolina. Their toughest oh. game, they play at Notre Dame later in the season, October. Mm-hmm. And then outside of those, outside of that game, uh, they've got Miami at home. They get Florida State at home. Uh, Virginia at home. I mean, they really they don't play Clemson all year. So they, they would face them in the ACC But they do play Miami. And it is, granted, it's at home. And they do also have Virginia Tech. But that's away. That's the first game of the year. Well, so that's my point I'm getting to. Yeah. Is... I think North. I want to. I want to watch this North Carolina Virginia Tech oh, okay. game because I think it's a trap game. Okay. Okay. Virginia Tech has the pedigree. They have. They've. They've all. They've not always been. Listen, Michael Vick and his brother Marcus Vick. They. They were an anomaly. Okay. Yeah. Virginia has always been a a kind of SEC Big Ten style grind them team. They win on special teams mm-hmm. with the block field goals and the. They're. They're. You know. And so that what that means is. 
they distribute their talent. They get up for big games. And they get up for yeah, big games. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is I think Virginia Tech's going to come in. They're at home in Blacksburg mm-hmm. with something to prove. And I think North Carolina might be looking past them. And you, it's a trap game I think for North Carolina right there. If if for uh, – you know what? I'll probably pick North Carolina for that game. But I feel like if North Carolina loses to Virginia Tech, there goes Sam Howell's Heisman chances. Week one. For sure, like because you, if Justin Fields lost his Heisman against Indiana, yeah, he threw three picks, but he also threw what three TDs or four TDs, something like that. He still he had he had his worst game and he lost the Heisman because of it. Then Sam Howell losing week one. This is this is where you make your mark on the season. If you want to be what people are projecting you as the number one overall pick, you beat Virginia Tech and you beat them by fourteen at their house. And then you cruise through the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do have North Carolina. I've actually highlighted them as one of the teams to watch this coming year. But if you're telling me that you think Virginia Tech is going to be a trap game for them, then definitely watching that game for sure. But now, but again, my analytics have them as the eighth best uh, yeah. power, power rating. Okay, so they have the talent. That's what I'm saying mm-hmm. is is unlike Alabama, uh, unlike Clemson, or who have the pedigree. Yeah. And won't overlook a week one game. Right. North Carolina's kind of new to the table. Mm-hmm. And and they have the talent, but but might they look past it? But I, I tell you, my, my analytics think, hey, you know, this may be uh, Mac Brown, you know, in, in, in different form mm-hmm. running back uh, the Texas run that, that yeah. ended up uh, winning it all. So who knows? <laughs> they got, but I'm telling you, week schedule, week, week schedule. Yeah, I'm, I'm The so toughest lucky. game by far, Miami, and they get them at home, middle of the season, and then they play basically – no, and then Notre Dame. But then they play basically nobody else. We already talked about Notre Dame being overrated. Don't count on Virginia either. I think they're a pretty solid team. Just like what you just commented on, Virginia-style play. Like Virginia, yeah. Bronco Virginia and yeah. Tech, I think they both, they're very yeah. similar in, the, in their, in their styles they their are, schemes. But they are, but I'm telling you, yeah. North Carolina brings back a strong offensive line. Mm. They have skilled players on both offense and defense. Sam Howell, just, listen, you're driving a Mercedes, my man. Okay, don't wreck it. And people, we're not saying that he's not good. No, no, we're, that's not what I'm saying at all. No, no, no. We're not, we're not, we're not shitting on Sam Howell. No, no. We're just simply saying this is a game that if you want to be considered as mm-hmm. you want to live up to the hype that you're getting all mm-hmm. off season, you need to win this game. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. Having said that, I think we, we've definitely highlighted North Carolina, which is one of the teams that I definitely wanted to highlight. Um, we'll move into our next little segment here, which is highlighting certain teams. I've, um, uh, I have two teams. Um, one of them is, uh, you know, like I said, North Carolina, but the other one that I want to talk about is Iowa state. Mm. Iowa state has a very good roster coming back and, Led by uh, obviously Brock Purdy choosing to come back by his you know for his senior year uh, for going the draft he would have probably been a top ten pick or he was projected as a top ten pick um, I don't think he would have been I really don't think he would have been I think he probably would have and this is probably the reason why he decided to come back because maybe some NFL scouts were in his ear saying hey dude you might be a third or fourth round you have a big senior year you never know um, but he's coming back as one of the one of the definitely one of the better quarterbacks coming back right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd put him at top probably eight or nine if I had, and we can do a list later on. I think his stature hurts him yeah. draft wise. He's not, he's he's kind of Baker Mayfield build. He's not real tall. Yeah, but he doesn't have. He's he's a he's a great manager manager yeah. of the game. Well, yeah. but he's more than that. I mean, he's mm. better. I get what you're saying. Yeah, but, but he's got more talent than that. But he's he's 
built probably more like Kyler Murray, but without all, without all of the dynamic skill set of Kyler Murray. <laughs> right. You know so saying? yeah, he's definitely a pocket presence for sure. Yeah. He's able to. I mean, he, uh, athletically, would you? I mean, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but the pocket awareness. Yeah. He plays in the pocket is what I'm trying to say is he's not, he might break out on a bootleg here and there. He's pretty accurate. Um, there's definitely some mechanic things you kind of want him to work on a little bit. He's got some help in the backfield. He, he, he also has some help on the defensive end and Mike Rose coming back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe he's a preseason all American. Mm -hmm. Um, so that said, Iowa state is definitely a team that I want people to kind of highlight a little bit. I think they're going to shock some people. I, they could potentially give that Big 12 a really good run. Are they better than Oklahoma? No. No, they're not. Unless Spencer Rattler is – I mean, he's not. He's a very good player. <laughs> and I think he's leaps and bounds better than Brock Purdy. But say for whatever reason, you know what I mean, they catch him on a bad day. Iowa State's coming to play. They have a really good defense. And that, that, and that, that linebacking core is stacked. So Week, week – uh, 12 mm-hmm. at Norman, at Oklahoma. Oh, they play. Okay. Yeah. That last, was, I was wondering. Second to last game of the year. Yeah. At Oklahoma. That, they, I think it's very likely they could both be undefeated. Going undefeated going into that game. So that game could determine the Big 12. Both top 10. Both, I mean, well, well, then, I mean, likely they, remember, because they do, they don't have divisions. And so what they do no, is they, at the yeah, end of the season, the, the top two, best two teams, teams. Yeah. So they, they'll play that game. Then Iowa State will play TCU. Oklahoma will play Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State win, or if Oklahoma wins Bedlam, Iowa State and Oklahoma would play the same game and two weeks later. And if you're and, and like I'll say this, I'll say this real quick. The hardest thing to do in sports is to beat a team twice. Yeah. The hardest, the the second hardest thing to do in sports is beat a team within a four week period twice. Yeah. So if you're Iowa State, I'm not saying you you don't want them to lose because Oklahoma could lose against Oklahoma State, and then, you know, for whatever reason, the rankings could line up, you play someone else. But if you're Iowa State and you take that loss and then you win out and Oklahoma wins out, you get Oklahoma again, you want that game. Well, and that's one thing you got going for you if you're Iowa State mm-hmm. is Oklahoma has bedlam after your game, the yeah. very next game. Yeah, so they're going to be beat up because that's going to be a tough physical game, mm-hmm. especially with all that, potentially them both being undefeated. And we're looking, you know, pretty far ahead. I think yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're working like, like you know, 15 weeks down the road. But still, that's that's definitely a team I, w- I wanted to give some love to. Um, I don't feel like they're really getting talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that some people have them in their college football playoff projections. I think that's a bit of a stretch uh, based on just, just the powerhouse that Oklahoma is. If Oklahoma takes care of business, they're definitely going to be in it. But um, oh, Iowa State is the team that can very well be the team that upsets the apple cart and goes in over Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what we were referring to earlier with uh, Alan was talking about <laughs> Brock Purdy having some help in the backfield. That being Brees Hall, <laughs> you know, I the mean, monster. I think definitively the best running back in the country. Probably, uh, yeah. I mean, coming into this year, I think he he should so, win the Doak Walker. I so, mean, I mean, Iowa State has multiple first team preseason All Americans. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a, a definitely a team to watch. It's it's wild to see it out of kind of a a corn-fed, not non-traditional. Because it's Iowa State. Midwest, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but that Matt Campbell, and he is a hell of a coach. Yeah. And I, and and you know just to, well, anyways, I'll, I'll <laughs> I was just gonna say to harken back to the previous point I was making about Luke Fickle. Yeah. Is without this expansion, you know, uh, you you might have seen Matt Campbell take the 
Texas job mm-hmm. or the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now he might stay at Iowa State and build this program, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I, I'm, I'm with you there. Iowa State, uh, in my power ratings, I have them seventh. Oh, wow. Seventh in okay. my power ratings. And, and for future reference, we will, Tyson does this amazing formula for analytics and coming up with like his power rankings. And he's, he's worked on it a couple of years. Um, I do think that, It'll we there'll be a podcast where we kind of talk about it for sure and how he breaks it down. If your team's not on the list, don't freak out and send us evil hate mail. You know what I mean? Like it's okay. It just means that they're not good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it just means that for whatever reason he pumped in. Um, it's your just team's probably not that good. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from a Colorado Buffalo fan. It's, right? it's hard, yeah. So he but he does he puts in a ton of work, a ton of hours into. And it's based on um, a couple, the things that he's told me it's based on is – and definitely correct me when I'm wrong. Um, recruiting classes coming in, players returning starters coming back, strength of schedule. Um, their offense is ranking last year. Their defense is ranking of last year as well. And, and that, like I said, returning starters really has a big part to play in it. So without going too much deeper into that, um, there will be a podcast episode about how we break down the analytics of, of what he sees. Um, so – what teams are you are you excited about, man? Well, now here we've been getting along so well, uh, and by and by sort of what we're talking about with these teams, and we uh, Alan hit on it earlier is we're not trying to tell you the same thing you can hear on every other podcast. Right. We're not going to lie to you. We're going to tell you our honest opinion, mm-hmm. but we're not going to sit here and say, "Well, who do you have in the playoff?" And then everybody says, "Well, Alabama, Ohio State, team. Clemson." Yes. You know, it's, it's some derivative it's an of the easy same pick. six teams. Well, because you can hear because that anywhere else. Exactly. What you want to hear here is who are who are these the sleepers? Who are these outsiders that have a chance? And I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and start by stirring a little something up here. Uh, my my. Are you gonna say your buffaloes? My <laughs> no, 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 no. My analytics have the fourth best power rating in the country. The Texas A&M Aggies. Oh my God. Texas A&M has actually a pretty weak schedule as well. It's because they're not good, and they're going to take two losses. That's you know I. Well, who are, who I am they, so anti who, A&M right now. It's not even funny. I'm so okay, First of all, here, tell me who they lose in this group. Okay, yeah, this, this is schedule. their first uh, six games. Texas, Kent State at home. I mean, they play their first one, two, three, four, five. Their first half of their schedule, they play all at home. And then they play the big dogs, Alabama. The twelfth man with the freaking, uh, you know, whatever. That's fine. Whatever their uh, That's uh, the reserves and all that bullshit, and wave, they got all those fans and everything. Wave your your, tw- your they, terrible they go, twelfth towels. They go Kent State at home. Oh, I'm sorry. That's neutral site. The, uh, the second game, neutral site in Denver, Colorado. They play. The Colorado Buffaloes, which they'll win, unfortunately. Yeah, that's not no, – you know what? That's the game that they lose right there. That's, they're they're one they, and one. Then they, play, <laughs> then they play New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Do they be, do they lose to any of those five teams? Be honest with me now. They don't – well, you said Arkansas? Arkansas at home. Arkansas is a good team. Arkansas – I'm not saying that they're going to lose that game, yeah. but Arkansas took Georgia to the brink. They, last they year, are, they were last year. But I don't know if they carry. They that. they they have a pretty solid recruiting class coming in. Arkansas might shock the world. I, you know what? If you put that, <laughs> uh, that's another game. That they're one and two. That's their two losses before they play Bama. Yeah, this team is out of it even before we even start talking about it. They get Alabama at home on their that's sixth a loss. game. Okay. Then they finish out the season. Missouri, South Carolina is terrible. 
Auburn South Carolina is very bad, but they did upset Georgia. Auburn at home. Well, I <laughs> know <laughs> it's so embarrassing. So you don't big. ever want to revisit. I that don't game. because people. That was uh, that was Holinsky, wasn't it? People forgot. The little brother of the Washington State quarterback. Who killed yeah, himself, right? people people forgot that it was a rivalry game, and they paid respect during the game instead of after the game. Yeah. And it was Georgia just was not emotionally prepared for the the game that South Carolina was coming with. So, it, like you call it a trap game, there was at home. Mm-hmm. And what pissed me off is after we gave you so much respect, yeah. you tear up the hedges. Yeah. I get it. You won. You upset the what third ranked, second ranked team at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. Don't come into our house and tear up our hedges after what we did to you. Don't do that. You tell them, get that's, off my lawn, get yeah, off my hedges. No, not the hedges, man. Like, that's so disrespectful. <laughs> that's, for, that's for those of you traditionalists out there. So disrespectful, okay. man. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so I, I mean, I just to finish up with that, I mean, Texas A&M, I think they – man, Jimbo Fisher is a good, good coach. Mm. He's a real – he's a top – What eight, do you do at FSU again? He's a top eight coach. Mm. He – he kept James Winston out of jail long <laughs> enough to win a national championship. There you go. So who's his uh, who's his criminal criminal quarterback this year? <laughs> yeah, well, that might still be to be determined. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. You can't you can't predict them to be that good when they don't even have a starting yeah, quarterback. Yeah, okay, but they had Kellen Mond last year. Who was really good? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Texas A&M. All right, uh, my second team to watch off the radar. Is well, of course, you know them, you love them, and by the way, they get Ohio State the same week Texas A&M gets Alabama at home. Mm. Indiana gets Ohio State at home. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Game. Michael Penix Jr. Okay, listen to me. It's fantastic quarterback. Tom Allen is a great, great coach. Yeah, he is building a culture there at Indiana. At Indiana. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now. Okay, what you see a lot of times with, like, in North Carolina, Iowa State, as they come up, yeah. is they always get scared of the big bad wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's that head fake. We see who has this every time we play USC. Yeah. We lose before we even step on the field because it's USC. It doesn't matter yeah. how dog shit terrible they are. Yeah. We lose before we step on the field, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, last year, Indiana beat Penn State. They beat Michigan, okay? They've taken on the big traditional big dogs yeah. and beaten them, okay? Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I mentioned Ohio State. I think just like Alabama, just like Clemson, there's real uncertainty at quarterback. Ton of talent, ton of recruiting rankings, mm. not much of any experience. And so I, you know, I think I think Indiana has a real real shot. To uh, you know, and and the other thing you might see here is like you saw, oh gosh, when was it? You know, three three or four years ago, mm. where where you had a team out of the north, Penn State, or out of the uh, the east, Penn State, beats Ohio State in the regular season, mm. goes to the conference championship. Well, Ohio State finished eleven and one, but they don't even go to the conference championship. Mm. So they finished eleven and one. Penn State uh, won the the Big Ten championship. I think it was over. Wisconsin or Iowa? Uh, I think it was Wisconsin, yeah. Okay. And then Ohio State backdoors into the playoff with an 11-1 schedule, didn't even win their conference. <laughs> okay? I think you could see a similar thing here. Yeah. Because say Indiana, Indiana, uh, they start off the season with a tough one. Okay? And this might be a game to watch as well. Start the season off, Indiana at Iowa. That is going to be a tough game. Okay? Yeah. But but Iowa's corn-fed, they're basic. 
They're they're you consistent, but they're just they're not gonna wow you. Uh, Kirk Ferentz. <clears throat> you, know, you talk about Arizona State. Iowa's had a lot of sanctions violations. <clears throat> not sanctions, but like racial accusations. And yeah, shit. yeah, like for sure. A lot of stuff churning up in their program. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, but if they can get past that, Indiana week three. Okay, I know you didn't ask me this, but week three, Indiana gets. Luke Fickle and Cincinnati at home. Oh my! Okay, come on, like that's that's gonna be a heck of a game. Well, yeah, I think Cincinnati's losing a lot of talent though, so they are. I don't know if Cincinnati's gonna be the team that they were last year. I think that Indiana, if if you're hyping them up to be this great team, or you know what, I won't say great, I'll say solid football team because that's a that's as big of a compliment as I can give a team that's kind of in the middle of the tier that they're a solid football team. They're going to get up for this game. I mean, you might you might be talking, okay, we should probably start paying attention to Indiana then at this point. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's a win. There's, there's really not you, – you talk about winnable games in the mm-hmm. schedule. Like these are – you know, this is a winnable game for us. This is a winnable game. You know, things to bounce our way for sure. I think this is definitely a winnable game for Indiana. You know, um, well, Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think they'll probably be favored by the. Uh, by they the should book. be. They should be. Um, you know, I mean, depending, like, if they lose that first weekend at uh, if they lose that first weekend to Iowa, then maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Then you can be like that's going to be a t- that's a, that's a, that my analytics have that is a pretty close tough game yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, but okay, just a quick recap. Uh, your your two teams were. Uh, my two teams were North Carolina and Iowa State to keep an eye on. North Carolina and Iowa um, State. And you, you pretty much crushed North Carolina at the beginning. No, I'm kidding. You didn't. But you like you, you highlighted them you know, as well as I could have. Sam Howell is definitely the guy to be. Um, they, do, they lost Javante Williams, which is uh, a big loss in that backfield for them. Um, but that team's going to go as Sam Howell goes for sure. Um, and then secondly was Iowa State. I'd like their, I really like their defense. I love Mike Rose. I think he's one of, he's got a chance to to, to win the buck kiss. I really really like Nate Landman to win that as well from from your from your buffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike Rose is definitely a special player. He's he Nate Nate Landman's the thumper. Mike Rose is more that every down player that sideline to sideline can cover pretty well too. Um, so just something to keep an eye on as far as like, you know, just the scouting report on him for sure. But, and I think, and also Brock Purdy, that leadership, that senior leadership coming back is, is pretty big. And then you highlighted, um, was it, it was, it was A&M. You, you think that and Indiana? Yeah, I, I, I have found an answer for you. Okay. A&M is in the process of determining who their quarterback is going to be between <laughs> Zach Calzada oh and God. Haynes King. Yeah, now, okay. Who? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but, but I'm telling you, I'm not so sure how pivotal or important that that is ultimately going to be. And I know that maybe sounds bizarre talking about a quarterback, but their defense is so strong and they're returning a lot of talent. They are. Um, they are. You know, and I, that's and, one thing I will agree. They do have – I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just right. saying that I just think that they're overhyped. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that will consistently lose two or three games and then be out of it yeah, before it even starts. Yeah, I look at their schedule and I just don't see where those two or three games are at. Don't count out Arkansas, man. I'm telling yeah. you, they're a well-coached team. Just they're... Georgia lost to South Carolina it doesn't mean every team. I'm saying that. Arkansas, not <laughs> South Carolina. We haven't even got to that far yet. So, uh, But yeah, Texas A&M, I think keep your eye on. See, yeah. these are all – and then obviously my last team was Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I think what's important to note here is with all four of the teams that we chose, um, they – Listen, you've heard the old adage, and obviously we know this very well. 
In order to beat the champ, you gotta. In order to be the champ, you gotta beat the beat champ, champ, right? So. Iowa State's gonna get a shot, maybe two at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. North Carolina's gonna get a shot, probably in the conference championship game against Clemson. Texas A&M's gonna get a shot at Alabama, mm-hmm. and then probably Georgia in the conference championship, SEC championship game. <laughs> right. Indiana's gonna get a shot at Ohio State. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. these, the, the reason I think probably largely that we chose all these teams is they've got a shot. They're in the door. If they now, if yeah. they if they swing and they hit a home run. Awesome. Then, they're, then they're in the playoffs. And I think that's yeah. amazing for college football yeah. because then mm-hmm. you have you set your team up for yeah. 2023. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? We if you're Iowa State or Indiana or North Carolina, hey, we were in the playoff last year. You, like if if all goes well, right? Yeah. That's amazing. That's good for college football. You want different teams. It's it's not like I mean you. It's Fair. not like the NFL where you have. I mean. We can say what we want about you know the AFC West, but the Chiefs own that division, right? You're, it's pretty cut and dry who the best teams are year in year out. That's why I think the draft is really pivotal on a lot of teams. But still, you know, focusing back on college football, it any year, especially moving to 2023, could be a Cinderella story year. You know, yeah, and I well, think that's amazing. Well, that that year that uh, um, Seattle beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl, they were a wild card team. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that stuff happens. It does. It does. It, it happens. And, 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 you know, you, you, this is why when you get to things like basketball or baseball where they do a best of five mm-hmm. or the best of seven, well, the better team is almost always going to win that because there's you enough iterations. You should right? win four games in a row if you're the better team. But a one-off. Not in a, in, not in a row, but yeah. you should win four games yeah. out of the seven. Yes. Sure. Yes. In a one-off, you never know. And we see it with the basketball tournament every year. We see it in FCS football every year. You do. You know? Do. And so, you know, I mean, you know. So, anyways. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this season. <laughs> I'm excited about this podcast, Alan. Me too. Man. And it has been Me so too. fun talking to you about all this. It has been a blast. So we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Tune in. We will probably talk a little bit more highlight of actual individual players. I want to get into that real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as, you know, if any news comes down the pipeline, we'll definitely be the first ones that you hopefully hear from. Um, once again, leave us. If you like the podcast, awesome. Leave us a five-star review. We'll definitely read it on air. If you... Um, hate the podcast, leave five star reading. We'll definitely read your hating comments on there. The point is, we're just that doing might be fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, we also are unchained, as you heard us cuss a little bit here and there, because we are just diehard fucking fans. So the point is, um, we just love the game. Want to talk to you about it. Want to hit what our personal opinions are, and we want to give you knowledge from us, two former players that absolutely love the game. So without further ado, do you have anything else you want to talk about, or should we wrap it up? I was just gonna say. You know, uh, for those of you listening, I mean, if there are any topics you would like us to dive into, cover, do some research oh, on, absolutely. Feel free to feel free to let us know. Absolutely. You know? All right. Well, this has been the Future Name Podcast to a later date, and we will definitely be back next week. Thank you so much for listening.